0: Well, good morning and uh, it 's great to be in the gathering uh, together uh, today and thank you b t for uh, for that and the worship team we 're so grateful for you leading us in a way um, that turns our hearts uh, back uh, toward uh, toward God over the last several weeks we 've been uh, attempting to uh, give larger chunks of what it means to grow spiritually. Um, And uh, there's no way when we're talking about spiritual maturity and growth, there's no way we'll be able to cover everything in one particular series. But we hope that um, there were some things that the Holy Spirit kind of impressed upon your heart to say, oh, that's, uh, that, that's how I want to grow, or even the spurring on uh, to grow. And so today actually culminates that series, and we're going to do something a little different. As BT mentioned, uh, Carolyn and I, we're going to be answering questions that you uh, might have. And so, um, again, the number will be on the screen. You can text that uh, your question to uh, to that number. Uh, the 915 um you know again, had a number of questions that we were able to um, you know to uh, to try to to try to answer now um, please beat them will uh, i 'm always dealing with comp- competition no i 'm just kidding uh, start thinking about your questions questions that you might have had uh, or have regarding spiritual growth, your own spiritual growth. And, um, and what are some steps or obstacles, those kinds of things. Um, this is uh, significant for us because um, I, I want to say this. This might sound kind of cheesy and trite, um, but we do what we do because we love you, and we actually want to see you grow we want to see our congregation grow. We're not talking about numerically, we're talking about you and I going deeper in our relationship with Jesus. And so, uh, and that happens in a number of different ways. And so, our, our desire for you is, um, is that you would grow. Uh, I played sports growing up, watched my kids play sports, and one of the things I figured out really easily, uh, or, or at least over time, I could not want it for them more than they wanted it. Um, I wanted Marvin to want to play football, and he just didn 't want it as much as I wanted I wanted it and um, and I think it 's the same way it is with spiritual growth. Someone else can 't want it for you more than you desire it uh, for for yourself. Now, how we want to frame this I want to frame this from um, from uh, a a a passage that I think is a command for us. And this is from 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 17. And 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 17, Peter is talking to individuals who were suffering for their faith. They were going through fiery trials. And this is the command that he gives them. Verse 18, chapter 3, verse 18, 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 18. But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So this is a command. We are invited to continually grow in our relationship, to continually mature in our relationship with Jesus. And so when we talk about uh, spiritual maturity, we gave you a definition of how um, what it means to grow spiritually and we 're going to put that uh, that on the um, the screen it says what is it the question was what does it mean to grow spiritually and to grow to spiritual maturity and we said that spiritual maturity or growth is the process it 's a life long process no one ever arrives it is a process of development that is we are we are advancing we are we are taking, we're going from one place to another, and what are, what are we developing? We're developing Christ-like character. That is something that's happening on the inside, character and attitude, and that attitude and character gets expressed through behavior. Now again, we're not talking about behavior modification. We're talking about from the inside out we belong to Jesus, Jesus is at work in us, and the behavior that he showed us is actually coming out of our own lives. And it is happening through a renewed mind, that is, we are being renewed as we read the scripture, as the Holy Spirit takes over our lives, gives as, as he controls our lives, he is renewing our minds, and he's also going to test our faith. He's going to test us through adversity and suffering and setbacks and all of those things. And um, it is the progress, the advancement, the bigness of the kingdom of God. That's what the reign and rule of God means, the kingdom of God. That is, God is becoming larger in our lives, and, um, and it shows up. It shows up in our reactions and all of those things. So that's kind of what it means for us to grow. And, um, and so we're going to answer, we're going to attempt to answer as many of the questions that you have regarding spiritual growth. We know that when we talk about something like this, there are all kinds of questions that arise. And we're going to attempt to answer some of those questions. Now, again, we're not up here because we're experts, uh, but we do want to field the questions and have a conversation about what uh, spiritual growth might look like. Well, based on experience, or based on uh, some of the things that we may uh, we, we've done. So, with that said, we're gonna we're gonna uh, have a conversation first, and then we're gonna jump into some of the questions and answers. It kind of feels like we're in the Believe Podcast studio does, a little bit. It it does, with just and
1: some extra friends with us. Little
0: extra friends. And so if you have not <laughs> heard, we do um, a podcast called Believe Podcast, and we're in season two, and if you have not downloaded it, I would encourage you to, we would encourage you to download it. Uh, we believe that um, this season is going to be really significant because we're talking about faith, chapter, Hebrews chapter 11, and what faith looks like in the lives of people in the scripture, but what faith looks like in our lives as well. So let me ask you a question, Carolyn. Okay. So what have been some activities or things that have helped you to grow spiritually? So if someone asks you, hey, Carolyn, what are some of your best practices? What, where, what would you say, where would you go first when we talk about spiritual growth?
1: Yeah, for me, so having grown up in the church, I knew all the right Things to do, like to, that I memorized verses when I was a kid and reading the Bible. I knew, and I also being just a doer in personality, um, I was very drawn to making plans and pretty prayer lists and things like that. But then what came with just focusing on those activities. Was the disappointment when I couldn't follow through or even concern? Like, I remember um, in early years of parenting making a prayer schedule and different topics I was going to pray for my kids each day. And then, for whatever reason, it, I, you know, let's say it was Tuesday, I wouldn't pray. And it was the safety day, praying for my kids' safety. And I was like, <laughs> oh my word, I'm never praying for their safety. Is this going to, you know, what's going to happen to them? I had it all backwards in focusing on those actions kind of as an end of themselves. What was super significant for me was recognizing those are important, but that's not the end goal. The The goal, the purpose of these habits is to lead to knowing Christ. Like the first Peter verse that you read, grow, it doesn't say grow in the number of Bible verses that you have memorized, yeah, yeah, yeah. or grow in you know the fact that you can pray for up to Three hours a day. Nope, it's grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Like that, it is about that relationship. And John says, know and rely on the love God has for us. Um, or John 15, when Blake uh, preached on that a few months ago, that idea that our job is not to bear fruit, and, and that was easy for me to focus on the fruit part. Okay, tell me what to do and I'll do the things. Um, but our, our job is to abide. So a specific habit, um, and all of those things happened through prayer, Bible reading. Yeah, yeah. One significant one for me was just silence and solitude. Um, and what that looked like, I set a timer on my phone for three minutes. Actually, three minutes can seem like a super long time sometimes, but I also set the timer so that I wouldn't have to be thinking about the time. Set the time, um, close my eyes, sometimes even make my hand in a bowl shape as if I was uh, coming with nothing. Because I, it wasn't about my doing stuff to earn God's favor, but simply resting in his presence. He's there with me. I'm with him. And that's enough. And it was very, that practice really changed my heart so that I was seeking him, not trying to earn extra credit. That's not a thing with God. (laughs) You know, you might feel like, oh, I can't earn my salvation. Well, you also can't earn extra credit. It works both ways. That's not how God works. Um, but just that practice of silence and solitude, recognizing his presence with me and then inviting him into all aspects of my life, my workplace, my home life, all of those things. Yeah, that was the difference.
0: Yeah, that's that's really that's I think that's really really good. That it's not about the lists. It's about it's about him, yeah. and and we have at our disposal a number of different um, uh, habits that actually help us to get to know him. Whether it's Bible reading, whether it's prayer. Uh, I think for me it was, and 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 this is not a practice per se, um, but it was recognizing that I am loved. I am loved by God. Um, there are times where, um, as Carolyn mentioned, if I, you know, if I did not finish a Bible reading plan, if I did not uh, finish you know, a prayer list, then somehow my love was predicated, God's love for me was predicated on how I did and if I did that certain thing. And to recognize that God loves me he he loves me and he wants to he wants me to get to know him out of that love and not out of duty that was something that um that that actually impacted me and caused me to want to have a desire for God is that he loves me and he was drawing me in and so uh, so that was, a. It's, it's not a specific practical practice per se, it's more of a mindset shift for me that set me up to move uh, forward in my relationship with God. And so the fact that he loved me and not, he loved me unconditionally and yeah. not because of a list that I had to keep, that was, um, that was a huge thing for me. Yeah, yeah. definitely.
1: I, that phrase of, you know, there's nothing we can do to make God love us more Some of us fall on that, trying to earn a little bit more, and there's nothing we can do to make God love us less. It's not based on a transaction. Um, He loves us because he loves us. That's who he is.
0: You want to answer some questions?
1: Yes, and I do think the 11 o'clock service might be winning already.
0: Okay. (laughs)
1: We'll see. I got to scroll back up.
0: Here we go. Uh, So the first one, how do you know if you are growing spiritually? Mm.
1: It will look like something. Now, here we have just been talking about it's not about the that it's not just about those habits, but those habits, um, that mindset of inviting God into everything you do. It will look like something. Galatians tells us the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. It will look like something. If we're seeking Him, it will show up in our lives. So. At a very simple level, that, that is how we can know. If you think, let me think back three months ago, six months ago, what was I fearful of? That I, Hey, I'm actually not fearful of that anymore. I have, I have hope. Or, boy, recognizing um, just the lostness that you felt, and now there's strength. Those are ways, and that's super valuable, to look back and, and you'll see it, and, and others will see it.
0: Yeah, and, and I think uh, based on that last point, that um, just as um, success leaves clues, I think spiritual growth leaves clues, and people will actually pick up on that. Uh, people who are closest to you, people in your family, uh, people your friends, people at work, um, and, and it, it, really, it, it really comes down to how the Spirit is helping us to react to certain things. I think sometimes God allows us to be in certain situations so so as to see are we passing the test that he's giving us to grow. And so he gives us allows us to every interaction you have, he allows that so that he can say, okay, are you growing in the area of patience? So I'm gonna bring someone who is gonna try your patience to see if you're growing in that area of patience. Uh, He's gonna test you with um, are you more loving today by bringing someone in your life that might be a little unlovable to see how you will respond and react to those individuals. And so um, spiritual growth does leave clues and clues where people can say, you're different today than you were yesterday or three weeks ago or four weeks ago. And so it does, as Carolyn says, it does look like something, and I think it looks like something that other people can notice, and it's not just the halo effect. Oh, I think I'm growing. Um, if you think you're growing, ask your kids. If you think you're growing, ask your spouse. If you think you're growing, ask your friends that you hang out with a lot. They'll be able to tell you a lot. Mm-hmm.
1: Another question, what do I do when I'm trying to take steps to grow in my faith? But my anxiety always increases. Um, this makes me wonder that that phrase that, that the person used, trying to grow. I think it may be back to Marvin, what you said, yeah. of recognizing um, God's love for you. And it's not something we have to try, it's not something we have to earn. Uh, it is a process. And if you think of a toddler learning how to walk. Um, As a parent, you're watching that and you're encouraging them. And and we don't look at our toddler and say, why haven't you figured this out by now? Or you keep falling down. Come on, get get yourself together. No, that's not how we view our children and that's not how our Heavenly Father views us either. Um, He wants that relationship with us and he's encouraging us. He's watching those steps. He's watching that little balancing. And... Be kind to yourself. Um, sometimes certain personalities, we might set up too high expectations for ourselves. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's expectations that are not appropriate for our stage of life or the season that we're in. Be kind to yourself and, uh, and, and take that next step and, and get up and keep trying. I, I can't tell you how many, uh, one habit that I have is in my planner, you know, next to my to-do list, I try to write three things I'm grateful for each day. Um if I showed, there are sometimes weeks when I forget about it, but then I pick it back up again and I and I'd start doing it again. And and that's what it is. It's it's coming back. It's keep trying and remember that your father loves you. He just wants to know you. He wants you to know him.
0: Yeah, there's a there's a passage in um in First Peter it says, Cast all your anxieties and your cares. So even in the midst of anxiety getting in the way. Um, of your growth, another growth area is to cast all your cares mm-hmm. and anxiety on Him. That's uh, that's a level of growth. Now, if you take on the anxiety to, uh, yourself and you try to solve it, then that's like ah, okay, God is giving you an opportunity to grow, and that opportunity is no cast your cares upon Him, cast your anxieties upon Him, which again is another step. Uh, toward your growth in, in God. And so not to hold on to it, but to cast it, uh, cast it on him.
1: Yeah. Um, the next one. I try reading the Bible, but I don't understand it. What should I do? That's a great question.
0: You You're going to answer that? I
1: can, but no, anyway. okay. yeah. you, you start.
0: Yeah, so, so that, that's a, man, that's a really, really good question. Begin, um, you don't have to learn the whole Bible in one sitting. Uh, there are tools out there to actually help us understand the Bible, understanding the Bible in context or um, knowing what the author originally had in mind. Um, So that's that's one thing, knowing that you don't have to try to read it all in one sitting. Um, Another thing is, is to do a Bible study with someone else, someone who might understand a little bit more um, to help you understand what the scriptures might be saying, there are, there are study Bibles that give you a understanding of what a verse might mean or what a chapter might mean. There's something called commentaries. They, these are Scholars, they, they, they've gone to school, they've studied these, passage, these passages, and they help us to understand uh, the passage a little bit better and to know how to apply it to our lives. And so there are a number of different tools out there to help us actually understand the scripture. Another thing is to, um, is to don't give up. It's easy to say, man, I don't understand that, so I'm just going to close the Bible. God wants to speak to us, and one of the ways he speaks to us is through is through the Scripture. So, I don't know if you have yeah. something to well, add to that. well,
1: just a couple super practical resources. The Bible Project um, has outstanding videos and uh, an outstanding podcast. They have videos that uh, give an overview of each book of the Bible. They're like seven, ten minutes. They're outstanding. Um, I also really like Phil Vischer. He's the VeggieTales guy. He did these (laughs) videos What's in the Bible. They are for kids, but I'm telling you, you will learn so much from them because he breaks things down very simply. Um, So watch it with your kids, and I bet you'll learn something, too. So What's in the Bible videos are available on RightNow Media, which is a subscription thing that you have available to you. Um, As a Trinity attender, we can get you the details on that, but those are just some very practical tools, too, for understanding the Bible. We'll have a Bible study methods course, online course, coming out soon on our uh, wearetrinity.tv <laughs> website. Um, so there we, that is one nice thing about living in the time period we do. Resources and free resources are in abundance, so we, you, can, you can do it. And there are passages that are hard. That is, that is, that is real, but we have some resources available to help us.
0: So what is the best way to incorporate more individual time with the Lord in my life?
1: Okay. Um, the perfectionist in me always has to address the best way. I know <laughs> that there's a best way. We've got to be, again, kind to ourselves. It's not finding out the one specific answer that's going to be the, the best way. But um, one way to incorporate more individual time with the Lord is actually some advice that they just for general habit-building, atomic habits, that James Clear, I think, is that Yes, James Clear, yeah. Talks about stacking habits. You can do that with incorporating the Lord into your life. What are you already doing that you can invite the Lord into? I'm guessing many of you are driving to work, to and from. Is there a way you could use that time to talk to the Lord? I have... Well, right now, I have a friend who is going through a challenging time at work. So I've committed to pray for her when I'm driving to work because I'm driving to work. That makes me think of her driving to work. There are simple things like that. Um, It doesn't need to be this elaborate and and probably better for it to just incorporate it into what we're already doing rather than trying to find this chunk of time that is not allocated to anything. I I don't think there are very many of us that have... That kind of life that we're living. So, how can you incorporate? Even maybe you make an appointment in your calendar to uh, walk a lap around your workplace and spend time praying with God. Ten minutes, just to bring you back, remind you He's here with me in my job, in my home. Maybe it's walking around the block with your kids in the middle of the afternoon. All of those things. It yeah,
0: yeah. Can I, be I, think, I think when we talk about spiritual spiritual growth and maturity. Um, It is not going to happen if we are... uh, There are three things that I try to keep in mind. Uh, Number one, am I being intentional? So when you talk about um, walking around uh, your workplace and praying, that's intentionality. If you're saying that I'm going to pray when I'm driving to work, that's intentionality. So spiritual growth is not going to happen if you're not intentional. Secondly, spiritual growth is not going to happen if we're not consistent. Um, That is... That, that is, again, whether it's two minutes every day, three minutes every day, there has to be a level of consistency. And then thirdly, um, spiritual growth is not going to happen if we're not disciplined to do it. So there, the, the things that we are intentional, consistent, and disciplined in, those are the things where we see the greatest amount of growth. Uh, we have to be intentional, not accidental. I used to think that, man, I, I'm like... I, I'm growing, I I wanna do things haphazardly, so I would be reading seven books at a time. And it's like, whoa, what am I getting from this? And and to say, no, I wanna read one book, complete it, next book, complete it. So there's an intentionality, consistency, and discipline about spiritual growth that I think we put in in every other area, but I think this is also an opportunity to add those three mindsets and those shifts in our thinking uh, to grow spiritually, to be intentional, to be consistent, and to be disciplined as we do so. That's really good. All right.
1: Um, the next one, what's the best scripture or story we can go back to when we feel like we are losing our faith during our spiritual growth journey? That's a good one. Address it first.
0: Yeah, so that, man, that's, that's, really, that's really good. Let's all agree that there will be dark nights of the soul, mm-hmm. there will be walls that we hit in our spiritual journey. Not every day we wake up, we're going to feel like we are growing or we're close to God. There will be moments where there will be darkness, and it feels like God is not present. Um, one of the the places we're doing right now with the Believe, Bo- the, the Believe Podcast, Hebrews 11 talks about individuals who it, it starts off, by faith, Abel did this. By faith, Enoch did this. By faith, Moses did this. And to go back, and it's not just one story. There are multiple stories of listening and watching individuals struggle in their faith with God. For, for instance, Abraham, um, God says, I want you to sacrifice your son. And, and Abraham is like... Like, like, wow, you, you want me to do that? And so he walks up, and I can only imagine what he is saying and what he's thinking about during that time, and he obeys step by step. And so that's a, that's a significant story. Job is another story. Uh, he loses everything, and his wife even says, look at, look at all that you've lost. Why don't you curse God and die? Job's friends were less than kind to him, and yet Job says, though God slay me, yet will I serve him. And so Job, Job is another story. Sometimes it can be a little uh, like, like, God, why did you do that? Why did you allow that? And yet at the end of his life, we see Job still loving God, still obeying God. Not to say that it was easy, but, but his life is an example of someone who holds on to faith even though things don't look great. The reading through the book of Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes um, is, is really a book about, God, why are you letting good things happen to uh, bad people and bad things happen to good people? Um, why, like, like there's a sense of disequilibrium that happens in the book of Ecclesiastes, and yet the, the, the preacher king, Solomon, says, man, keep serving God, keep loving God, and so there are examples all over scripture that, um, that I think we can begin reading that helps us to solidify our faith even more as we walk with him. Do you have any, any yeah, other well, suggestions? Yeah, well, and just
1: that, um, the farming analogy, which Jesus uses over and over and over in his parables. Um, I don't even have a garden, so it's not something of my personal experience, <laughs> but I know it's a process. And I know that when you put those seeds in the ground, there is time that has to pass for, let alone, to see little shoots, let alone bearing fruit. And that's true for us, too. Um, again, back to your points of consistency, intentionality. We continue to sow those seeds. And remember, it's not a transaction like, okay, Lord, I've, uh, you know, I've been super faithful in this reading plan, so shouldn't, shouldn't some good things be coming my way? No, that's not, that's not how our faith is. That's not how God, our relationship with God works. But I have seen, as I consistently am growing in my understanding of who God is, his love for me, it helps me in those challenging times when I do not understand what's going on or I have been praying about something and God's not doing what I think he should here. Because I am growing and knowing who God is, that helps me trust him when I don't understand what he is doing or what is happening in my life.
0: Yep, that's good. Very good. So uh, here's another one. In uh, a little personal. Uh, In both your marriages, how do you encourage your spouse during difficult times, trials that you face? Mm -hmm.
1: We had one in the last service about marriage as well, which was a little different angle of how do you help your spouse grow, and that's uh, carefully (laughs) That is, As we all know, we probably... Um, giving advice to our spouse or just about anybody. Unsolicited advice usually is not received very well. So praying for your spouse. Um, How do you encourage your spouse during difficult times? I think, just as I would anybody, is reminding them of what is true. Uh, When we're in it, we sometimes don't have the strength to lift our eyes and to remember what is true about God, what is true about this life. So I think that that is the that's one of the keys is reminding reminding them of what is true. When we that's why we need each other. That's why we have community because sometimes we can't we can't see it for ourselves and so we need somebody else to remind us of what is true.
0: Yeah, I think that's I think that's really good. I think for me, um, it it's been um, it's been listening. So um, most. All of our kids are out of the house, kind of. Uh, Michaela is the only one. She uh, She's a junior at Wayne State, so she comes back, um, you know, periodically, but for the most part, there might be three or four stretches, three or four months where she's out of the house before she comes back home. And um, and I didn't realize how empty nesting would affect Tanya. And so so with someone who's nurturing and giving and taking kids here and driving kids there, I didn't realize that, um, that it would affect her differently than it would affect me. I'm saying, this is what we've been preparing. We've been preparing for this. We, we've, been, we've been wanting them to go out on their own and be independent. And, and I, I, I kind of talked past that with her. But she was crying out to say, I, I am really struggling right now. I don't know how to deal with this right now, and I wasn't listening. So, so during adversity and struggles is, is listening. This has been something that God has helped me it, during her adversity uh, with the kids being out of the house is, how do I listen well to my spouse And, um, and, and like, like in tears, she, she was trying to tell me and I had to apologize, ask her for forgiveness and say, I want to listen better and to, to try to feel what she felt, she feels as it relates to kids being out of the house. And so I think for me, in addition to reminding Tanya of what's true but also uh, trying to listen and listen well. Listen deeply to see what she's saying, but also seeing what she's not saying and not try to give advice. Like I, like when she was telling me, I had five things I'm ready to tell her and that did not go well. And so, uh, so listening to me, listening for her, not listening to me, <laughs> but listening to her, uh, that was a big deal in helping her through the adversity.
1: Um, on the family theme, there are a couple of questions about parenting and spiritual growth. Uh, one person said, I recently accepted Christ, but my children don't want anything to do with Jesus. What do I do? How do I encourage my children to follow Jesus? And then there was another one. Okay, as a parent, how do I help set the stage, create the circumstances and climate for our teen and young adult kids to want to grow spiritually when they're turned off to church, youth group, family devotions, and spiritual things? Um, one, one answer to that, and this maybe is more applicable if you're in the younger parenting stage. We do have a parent a spiritual parenting class here at Trinity that happens to be starting two weeks from now, um, October 9th. It's, it's called Spiritual Parenting. It's going to take place during the nine fifteen service. It's a four-week class. Um, and in that class, we talk about, and this is true for all of us, Um, that it's not our job to transform the hearts of our kids or truly the hearts of anybody. I mean, our spouse, our best friend, that is not our job to transform the hearts of our kids. That's the Holy Spirit's job. And when I understood that, that was huge, huge pressure off my back to realize there were not going to be certain words that I would say or certain events that I would orchestrate, that those family devotions was not the one thing we needed to do every single day so that my kids would love Jesus. Like, pressure's off. It's not my job to transform the hearts of my kids. That's the Holy Spirit's job. And what I get to do, and this is true for all of us, we get to create environments where we see the Holy Spirit work. Um, in that spiritual parenting class, we talk about some of those. One of the big ones that filters through all of it is modeling. When we are yeah. showing that we're growing, um, when, our, when our kids, young teens, young adults, see that and they see that growth in us, that's attractive. And, I mean, we all know, the people in our home know us the best of anybody. So that, that modeling is going to be a huge part and, and trusting the Lord yeah. With
0: it. Yeah, I, and that—that that is so. That is—I um, mean, it's such a such a good point in terms of the modeling part. Um, one of the things that uh, Tanya and I did is is letting our kids wrestle with their faith, not giving them easy answers. Um, as a pastor, I I have the temptation to say, "Oh, here's the here's the Bible answer to that, Marvin. Here's the Bible answer that to my, to that Micah, Michaela, Ashton." And, and when Marvin was having his crisis of faith, um, I wanted so badly to give him answers and not let him wrestle with his faith. And the Holy Spirit says, no, this is, this, is, this is his opportunity to own his faith so that it's no longer your faith. It's no longer Tanya's faith. It is now his faith. And there, were, there was a time when he was a junior in high school, he came home, and he said, I don't, I don't know if I really believe that Jesus rose again from the dead. And, and it was like, okay, all right, so breathe, Marvin, breathe. I'm talking to myself, breathe. And, and it felt like it was more of a, an attack against me and I was thinking more about myself. What will people say that my kids are not following Jesus and all of those things and no, wait a minute, this is his faith and and how do we lead him well in him asking questions and us being able to answer the questions that he has. And so for me, that was huge, talking about taking the pressure off the Holy Spirit will work in his life, and so both Tanya and I we, we really did give freedom to ask questions and to wrestle with and to experience tension between what it means to to know if God exists or if he doesn 't exist did Jesus uh, was he raised from the dead or was he was he not raised from the dead, and so we were able to. Let them ask the questions. When Micah went through his dark time after he wanted to be a state placer uh, to go downstate as a wrestler, he broke his foot, and then he cracked three vertebrae in his neck. He stayed in the basement for days on end asking God why, and we just let him do it. And we did not go down to try to rescue him because as parents, we, we, we love our children. We want the best for them. And there's a desire to rescue our children from, um, from what they're going through. And the thing that helped me, God can do more with my kids than I ever could. And that was the thing that really helped, um, helped me as a parent to just let them wrestle with it. And, and what emerges from that wrestling is a child, is a teenager, is a young adult that says, I don't have all the answers, but I know God is real, and I'm going to follow him, and I'm going to walk with him. And I'm going to live in the tension of knowing what I know and living in the tension of the mystery of what I don't know. And I think when our kids see our ability to give them freedom, they'll go after God for themselves and not because we're forcing it on them and to me that has been such a, a huge again talk about the pressure being off and the holy spirit has worked in our kids lives in a way that we could not if we had forced it on them right. yeah
1: yeah they've got to make it their faith their own for sure Um, here's a good one on an important theme. Can you go to heaven if your spiritual growth doesn't lead you to as strong a relationship with God compared to other people? So that comparison thing. Yeah,
0: yeah. Listen, one of the enemies of spiritual growth and maturity is comparison. Is when you and I begin comparing ourselves to other people, you know, Brian is further down the road and John is further down the road. It really is like a game of golf. It is, it is, I am playing against my own score and not somebody else's. Um, it, is, it is really my walk with Jesus. And so the question, if you have surrendered your life to Jesus, um, yes, you are going to heaven. Genuinely surrender your life to Jesus. Yes, you are going to heaven. Your spiritual growth does not have anything to do with your Uh, You're receiving Jesus Christ. Now, what I will tell you is that you will miss a whole lot if you don't grow in your relationship with Jesus. You'll miss the closeness. You'll miss what God has for you. You'll miss the purpose that he has for you. You'll miss all the gifts and the abilities that he's placed inside of you that he wants you to use to bless other people. Yes, you and I will go to heaven but we will miss so much along the way. Anything else? Yeah, no,
1: I think that and that comparison, our spiritual growth is going to look different. Even how we experience God looks different from person to person. Like I might hear someone, this could be real. Talk about how they experience God so powerfully when they go camping. And they 're out there in the cold, and all i 'm thinking about is mosquito bites and <laughs> please, I would like to stay in a hotel, and then i 'll just go out and outside and then come back in so i i don 't need to try to copy someone else's spiritual growth experience. Maybe worship music is incredibly powerful to you and, and maybe it 's not, but maybe you love 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 getting into like word studies in the scripture, and it just comes alive. Our goal is not to try to do all the things or what someone else is doing in particular. That may be an amazing way that God um, spoke to them or they experienced him, but we're not to copy or to compare.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, we, we experience God and, and we can ask him, invite him into your day. Ask him how he wants to um, teach you and grow you up in in, in anything. In your finances, we've got people taking Financial Peace University right now. Invite God into your finances. Um, invite God into your closet. I gave this, told this story, but this really was powerful to me. A few years ago, I read a blog article by Emily P. Freeman, and she talked about, it was called, The Spiritual Practice of Wearing Better Pants. <laughs> and her point was that she found herself straining and struggling to get into these pants that didn't fit and then feeling badly about herself and feeling uncomfortable and cranky all day long because she was trying to wear these pants that quite honestly just didn't fit anymore. So whether it's wearing clothes that don't fit or wearing clothes that the influencers say that we should wear, no, no, no. Invite God into your closet. He made your body the way he made your body, and it's a tool that can be used for his kingdom. If we're putting our straining ourselves into things that, inhibit our experiencing him, well, invite him into your closet. So he wants to be a part of all of our lives. It's not just a separate chunk and we check Amen. the box for the day. Amen. But what does that look like to invite him into all of it?
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So here's a, here's a, here's a, a kind of fun one, but we can twist it a little bit. It says, uh, how do you, Mark, oh, reconcile the spiritual growth setback of claiming Chicago Bears fandom with God? I would ask the same question about the Detroit Lions too. So. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that is fair.
0: So this this is this is kind of a um, this is a fun question, but it's kind of a there. You can flip it, and and when you talk about what I see in this question is adversity, and and I believe that, and we see it all through Scripture, that God uses one of the greatest tools that God uses to grow us is adversity, pain, and suffering. Now, we don't like that. We want ease and comfort. But one of the greatest tools he uses is adversity and suffering. And it is in that adversity and suffering and wilderness experience where God says, will you depend on me? Will you trust me in the adversity? And I know individuals in the room right now, you're saying, I just want to leave the adversity. I want to leave the pain. Just deliver me from the pain. And I think God sometimes says, it's not time. Because I want you to understand something that you will never understand through ease and comfort. It is through the pain that we get to know that God is with us and near us, I, we have one of our one of our uh, regular attendees here uh, just lost his wife and uh, to cancer and they modeled they modeled suffering and pain unlike anybody I have ever seen that that till the very end both of them were saying, God, you can heal her, you can heal me, and we trust you. And even if you don't heal me now, you will heal me in heaven. And, and this is a wilderness time for us, but, the, but the, the, the settled confidence in God, it was incredible. It was absolutely incredible. And till the very end, both of them trusted. They both uh, believed God. And so, so, uh, so, I think there is a sense of saying, God, I, I, I know this is painful, but I know in and through the pain, you're going to cause me to know you a little bit better, and we're trusting you in the process. So, so I don't know if you want to add anything to that. I no, know that's we have great. To, yep, we're done. No,
1: we're going to have to, otherwise we're going to have to order lunch for everybody. Okay, all right. So <laughs> so we, we did not get through all the questions, but.
0: Okay, so um, we will. But ahead. there is
1: one that we can kind of close okay. with because it, I, it's almost as if they teed it up perfectly. Um, are there phases of spiritual growth that people generally grow through if their mindset and practices are engaged to do so? Um, yes, spiritual growth is a process. You may have noticed uh, behind that wall, um, in the atrium that last week there appeared a wheel and it's divided into four sections. Now, of course, this is an interpretation of what spiritual growth can look like, but yes, it is a process um, and that each of those colored quadrants describe stages of spiritual growth. And then you'll see off to the side a square and it has a QR code on it. If you hold your phone app don't take a picture of it, but just hold your phone app to it, and then a little link will appear. Touch that. That will take you to a landing page that will give you resources that have links, um, classes, events, trainings that we have here at Trinity that will help you in that stage of growth. So just take a look. We actually have an assessment that you can take that will help you determine which stage you're in. We are trinity.com checkpoint. Dave, is that right? Okay wearetrinity.com slash checkpoint. When you finish that checkpoint, that too will take you to the landing page. But that out there in the atrium is always there, whether it's for yourself or for someone that you're discipling. Figure out some resources, um, things that might be in our resource center or links online. Uh, there's all kinds of ways. And now here, that is the next step. We don't want to just hear about spiritual Absolutely. growth. Now what take is our steps. next step?
0: So, So, in your bulletin um, we kind of we kind of gave you um, a little spiritual growth plan sheet, and it has little boxes there where you can begin to look at here are areas that I might need to grow or here 's an act- here 's the action plan and here 's the the status report of where I am again, this is not about. Checking a box, this is about genuinely growing. And then there's a key at the bottom to explain those. And maybe, maybe today you say, I just want to start reading the Bible. I'm going to read the Bible um, on a daily basis. And, um, and that that's one of your areas of growth. Or I'm going to start praying for my family on a regular basis. That's one of the areas of growth. And um, and just kind of walk walk through that. Uh, and as you do, you'll, I, I think you'll begin to get in the habit of the practices, the consistency, the intentionality, and before long, you'll begin to see the growth um, as you remain consistent, intentional and discipline to do it. Next week, we begin a new series um, called Exiles, and we're going to be walking through a topical series through the book of Titus. And one of the things that you might want to do is start reading through the book of Titus. We're going to be looking at various topics throughout that Titus talks about, blamelessness and integrity. We're going to be talking about family and marriage and parenting. We're going to be talking about what the Bible says about alcohol, what the Bible says about sex and gender. It all is in um, the book of Titus. We're going to be talking about leadership. Uh, what does it look like? Um, and so a number of issues. Aging well, how do we age well? We're going to be talking about, what does the Bible say about food? Um, Titus actually deals with some of those issues. And so, um, so please come back, invite friends, um, so as to see how we might grow as a church together. If you have a need for us to pray for, elders and prayer team members will be down front to pray for you. Let's stand and we'll close together in prayer. So Father, thank you for um, giving us the inheritance of life in your son. Thank you for um, the command for us to grow, the invitation for us to grow and to know you better, to grow in the knowledge, the grace and knowledge of who you are. It's not about checking boxes. It's not about um, continuing streaks. It really is about using what these different and various practices to go, to go deeper in our knowledge of you, who you are, not just to have head knowledge about you, but that that knowledge may translate to our lives so that others around us might come to know you better as well. Thank you for your people. Thank you for this church. We pray your blessing over us now. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you and have a great week.